0: This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com.
1: We're excited to have Erica with us here on the podcast today. Erica is the president of YouthWorks. She began at YouthWorks in 2000 as a summer site staff and worked a number of roles until she stepped into the director position in 2008. Erica and her husband, Cody, stay busy with their three kids, Jonah, Kana, and Mercy, in North Minneapolis. And we are so excited to have her with us today.
0: Um, the first fear that leaders had was what is youthworks doing to COVID proof? Um, how can we be certain um, that we're entering into a safe experience? The other fear was we don't want to sign up for something and lose money. Um, and that is a real fear and a real concern because we took um, you know a pretty tough approach to how we had to shut down the summer. Um, in order to be training and here today, we had to partner with our churches to refund to do a combination of a refund and a, and a deposit that we took back and then a credit. So it was a series of, of we have to work together in order to be here in 2021 to, to, to sustain. But people don't want to do that again. And I don't want people to do that again. Um, so there is losing money. And then the third thing is, how can I be certain I'm, I'm nervous about getting in a car or in a vehicle with my teenagers? Um, because I can't guarantee that they're taking care of themselves, that they're going to be healthy. Um, and so we've been working on those three main core fears that our leaders have. And so to the the measure that we've got churches that are feeling... uncertain about our COVID measures, that's that COVID proofing page that um, I'll maybe put that in the chat a little bit here, but it's go to youthworks.com. It's one of our main tiles that you can find. Um, And then the fear of losing money. So this is real. And youth leaders, I know that this is probably one of the most challenging things to think through in terms of making future plans. And so a couple of months ago, we literally like racked our brains and racked our brains and how do we partner with our church as well and having them feel confident about an experience. And so we've done, we did something that we've never done before and created what we're calling a COVID protection. And the COVID protection plan basically allows leaders to Um, to sign up for a mission trip, to begin the process of payment and and all of that kind of stuff, but have the ability to make a decision as to whether or not their church can fulfill the trip um, all the way up until May 3rd. And so churches have the ability to think through, okay, do I feel like our church, COVID, is in a place where we feel comfortable? I understand the COVID safety measures that YouthWorks is taking, our parents are on board, our church is on board, we're in. Or my parents aren't on board. Um, as safe as I think this is, my parents aren't on board, or my pastor's not on board, and so we can't come. Um, and that's a huge risk to the organization because all along we're making, we, we're in, you know, we are working with communities, they're anticipating us coming. We are making plans to be in communities in 2021. Um, But we felt like this is the best way to partner with our churches um, in a time where we know that there are lots of unknowns and there is no crystal ball that we can actually look into to get an understanding of what the future will look like. Um, And then finally, that can I get in a vehicle with my teenagers? Um, We are going to be putting out um, a symptoms tracker Um, that we're going to require that churches do, it's kind of a commitment. It's the commitment to each other. It's the commitment to you as their leader. It's the commitment to the greater community to say, Hey, we're going to just manage how we're feeling leading up to the trip. And leaders will get to have access to that and make a decision about who's getting in the vans (laughs) to say, you know, how are we together?
1: There is one question. Um, and that's how are you handling when another group doesn't follow the rules that mm-hmm. shows up? Right. Yeah. Cause that's I, I know perfect. of course, of course, all of you on this call are going to be perfect. They're going to believe that science is real mm-hmm. and they're going to follow the guidelines. But there are some people who might show up that say, Oh, this is a hoax. We don't have to, we can just endanger everybody. How are you going to, how are you dealing with that?
0: yeah um well first we're starting by in our mission contract we're asking every leader to agree to abide by the safety policies, and they're signing it um and though lots of people sign things you can't always guaranteed that they're going to keep their word. Um, but we do we do reserve the right to ask a church to go home if they're putting others at risk. And that's like, that's terrible and hard to say, but that's just the reality of it is that we're in a season and a time where this is about communal care and about respecting one another. And if there's a church that's not feeling comfortable, then we need to, we need to work together in that. Um, and not only that, in youth works trips in the past what's happened is there's been you know lots of groups kind of meshing together and coming together and what we're saying is that when churches come your church is your pod And your pod is going to get broken down into smaller pods and they're going to be crews. So where churches kind of served all together before, um, as much as we want that to happen, this is not the year to say that that can happen. And so your church will work with your church and serve in the community in that way. Um, There will be interaction time, um, but there'll be strict guidelines around we need to social distance um, from other churches um, and we need to keep space um, and we'll... Think through that in terms of dining, through the gathering, through um, meal times—all of that stuff um, will come into play. But ultimately, if a church is not willing to abide by the regulation, then we will have to have the hard conversation um, of either you have to you have to play by the rules here, or you can't be part of the experience this week. Um. Well. The devotion that I want to share with you all really comes a lot out of my own personal journey over these last several months and hopefully um, you will resonate with some of the places that I have found myself in <laughs> um, and uh, find um, some meaning meaningful nuggets um, in what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you. Um, so two summers ago, uh, so that would have been summer of 2019, when none of us could have ever imagined what 2020 could have possibly held or what it would look like, um, I read a book leading up to that summer. I read a book called The Obstacle is the Way. Not sure if any of you have heard of it before, but it's written by a guy by the name of Ryan Holiday. But it's not a faith-based um, book. Um, it's truly um, an instruction guide on how to change your attitude around um, challenges or obstacles that come your way. And the premise is that successful people achieve greatness by pushing through and facing obstacles, um, by, by facing the obstacle as opposed to going around or just avoiding the obstacle altogether. Now, many of you know that at YouthWorks we hire college students to work with us during the summer, about almost 300 college students during the summer. And what I've realized over these years is that, um, now I'll say, I was a summer staff in. Two thousand, a long time ago, <laughs> I was a summer staff, and I look back at, at my at my time, and I think, gosh, I was tough. I had a lot of stick to itiveness, and I feel like I've seen our generations of staff as they've come, um, just kind of lack like that and make a lot of excuses and. F- and find themselves in places of, I got to get out of here if this isn't going well. If I've got conflict with my team, this is too hard, I have to go. I have to, I'm going to go home or I'm homesick. um, So I'm going to leave. Or maybe it's just the job functions were too difficult. And so they were feeling like I just, I just can't do this. And so I, that summer, as I spoke to our summer staff, I was bound and determined to help our staff do better. To say, hey, you can do this. You can make it. Don't, don't be defeated by something that's hard, but instead see the obstacle, find the obstacle, which in this case would be your job as a summer staff, um, and push through it uh, because you can. you can do it. Now... Fast forward to summer 2020, as much as I wanted to give that talk to my summer staff, I found myself giving that talk to myself um, personally, um, in the midst of a lot of what I've already shared with you, um, in the midst of COVID-19, um, hitting our families and our churches and our youth and our organizations in a drastically devastating way. And finding myself the night before I had to do virtual a virtual reduction in um, force from the team of YouthWorks, um, where I had to sit across the screen like this and tell somebody that they didn't have a job anymore, I found myself wanting to be done with the obstacle. And it was an obstacle that by any way possible, if I could jump over, if I could dodge it, if I could, I, I wanted to run from the obstacle ahead of me. And then we fast forward quickly to a couple months later um, in our city um, where there was peaceful protesting going on for George Floyd at the same time that fires were literally raging a couple blocks over from my house. And Weeks that my husband was walking through our alleys at night looking for incineraries because people from the outside of our community were coming into our community to cause havoc and to wreak destruction and to cause fear. And I will tell you that there was nothing I wanted to do but to dodge the obstacle. But the obstacles were present. (laughs) They were here and they were not, they were not going away. And it was clear that we had to face them. And, and I would say that my most natural, my desire or response during that season um, was to withdraw. And if I were to really kind of get into the emotional place that I was, I wanted to withdraw from the community um, because I was hurt and I was angry and I was sad and it was hard to lead in the midst of all of that. It's been hard to lead during COVID. It's been hard to, to lead during a time where our country is face, facing the realities of racial injustice. It's hard to do that as a black woman of a dominantly white organization. And so God continues to place these obstacles in my path. And I would say he's placing obstacles in all of our paths. And if we could become invisible some days and just simply penetrate through them and sneak our way to the other side, I think many of us um, would rather do that. And in some of my quiet time this summer, um, I came to um, the story that we're all familiar with in Daniel about um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and if you remember in that story, they were facing all kinds of obstacles. But one of the obstacles that they were required to face was this: Hey, you have to praise um, this statue that Nebuchadnezzar had built um, upon the sound of the, this this music, and you have to you have to praise. Um, these statues instead of praising, praising God. And if they didn't, they were going to be thrown into a furnace. And instead of saying, okay, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm just going to concede. We're just going to do this. They said, "Um, we're not going to because our God is able to rescue and protect us from the fire. So I'm just going to read um, that part of Daniel 3 real quick, Daniel 3, verse 16, where it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we, don't, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve will, is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. And when I read that, um, I was thinking about the boldness of these gentlemen and the boldness of knowing what was before them. Um, and you know, in this, they said, you know, God is able to rescue us and, and rescue in this case didn't mean that they weren't going to have to go through it. Um, it didn't mean that they were going to be relieved of, uh, the circumstance right in front of them. Um, and it didn't mean that it wasn't going to be hard. And so when I, kind of think about this passion, I think about their experience, really the goodness that we can experience through pushing through um, is sitting in the fact that we serve a God who is able to move with us and move us through um, the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego still had to go through the fire, but God kept them safe and protected them um, in the midst of that. Um, And I believe that as we in our ministries face and probably continue to to kind of see more obstacles coming our way or fortuitous events that we're unexpecting um, or whether it be the obstacle of having a conversation about racial injustice with our kids um, or having um, conversations about isolation during COVID. Those feel like obstacles, but we serve a God who is able to keep us um, and to move us through the obstacle um, if we truly are willing to face the obstacle as opposed to going around it or trying to dodge it or trying to become invisible in the midst of it. Because in the obstacle, as we face it, we get to proclaim and witness the true power of God at work. And so that is my encouragement to you all today, that we would see the obstacle and fight against the desire to withdraw and run from it. But instead, face it, knowing that we will see and receive God's power as we face
1: it and go through it. So um, I wonder when, when you're in the middle of that, Mm-hmm. Like when you're trying to move through the obstacle, you were talking about wanting to be done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How do you keep going yeah. when you want to be done? That's
0: a good question. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that honestly, Jeremy, you know, I think the response for each of us would probably look a little bit different. And I think right. it's kind of probably based on how we're all wired But But
1: what about you? Yeah, but for me,
0: yeah, but for me, how I keep going um, is knowing and having to draw myself back to um, something that I absolutely believe is true. Um, I wanted to be done with this whole scenario that YouthWorks has had to deal with in the in the spring, and I wanted to escape it. Um, But what I cling to and know is that the ministry of YouthWorks is not mine. It is not, because I'm the president and it's not mine, I steward the ministry that God has called me to be a part of. And so if I believe deeply that God is calling me to steward this ministry, I'm going to continue in obedience to do that. And as much as I want to withdraw or run from or steer into a different way, I know that God has called me to steward this organization for this time. And so if I do that. That's what I, that's what I can put my hope and my confidence in, is that God is leading and I'm, I'm following. Um, and I'm going to steer into this obstacle, um, honestly, for me out of obedience um, to God, uh, to continue to be faithful, um, knowing that he'll direct it. And that the mission is, is, is God's mission and he will, he will lead it and guide it in the direction that
1: he sees fit. So, you know, as you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego operating from that minority position, mm-hmm. um, there are a handful of Jews working in uh, Nebuchadnezzar's empire. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we deal with, and, and this is kind of just, Tangentially related to to your uh, your devotion, but how do we deal with the the government obstacles in our path? Mm. Right? Yeah. There's and there's and right now there's there's been very few times where uh, government things have actually directly impacted youth ministry. Mm-hmm. but there's a lot of it right now. And then there's all of the like insane things that are going on that it's affecting sort of everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we deal with that?
0: Gosh. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a bit of a discussion question. <laughs>
1: sure. Um, yeah. Yes. We might, we,
0: yeah, because I, I do think that you're right. In so many different ways in this year, we have seen government influence, right? And we have seen um, the devices, divisiveness and, and the lack of unity, um, even within the body of Christ, around right. um, how the government has interfered with our lives. You know, some people love the mask idea. Some people, you are, you are invading my privilege as an American to breathe freely. Um, and you know, and, and for me, I, I I literally have to go back to, I I go to scripture and I think about, um, this idea of loving your neighbor and it's, it's simple for me in that, in that regard. And I think that, um, my responsibility to, to abide by the law of the land, um, shouldn't impede with my ability to love my neighbor. Um, yeah. I still want to do that, and I think that um, this call to care for those who are different um, to um, even respond and respect a different perspective um, me loving is me loving my neighbor um, and so it 's not it 's not a, to me it 's not a simple solution of here's how you know we deal with the government interfering with our plans it is yeah it goes it's so deep (laughs) on, on that level